When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChampaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to episode 79 of the Talking Fires podcast. Ben Fadden here today with a special guest, former Padre, 2018 opening day starter, Clayton Richard. Clayton, thanks so much for taking some time to talk. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So first off, let's start with what you're doing now. Uh, I saw you're the quarterbacks coach at Lafayette Jeff High School. What kind of made you want to do that? And um, just, yeah, just kind of what made that spurred you on to want to do that? Last last year, or a year and a half ago, I was in Schaumburg at the alternate training site for the Chicago White Sox. And I realized through that that short season that my left knee, like everything else felt awesome. I, I was throwing the ball really well, but my left knee had just gotten to the point where it was not it was not responding well. And I'd already done the surgical procedures. I, I, I tried to do the rehab parts of it and do everything I could to, to mitigate the, the, the pain and the long-term negative effects, but it just got to the point where it wasn't happening. So I left Schaumburg. I knew I, I, I wanted to be in something with athletics and I stopped by a local high school. I knew that they're doing well with their football program and making a good impact on the community. So I followed around their head coach, Pat Shanley for a week and kind of saw what that was all about to see if I'd want to get into something like that. And it, it just seemed to be a, a good fit. And he asked if I would want to come on the next year. I, I put it off for a while and then he asked again and then, Kind of thought, why not? So joined up, coach quarterbacks, had a 
a fun group this year and it was it was a lot of it was a, it was a fun process a learning process but it was a good experience mm-hmm. and the last time you pitched in the big leagues was with Toronto in 2019 is it is it safe to say that you are done I, that's probably pretty safe <laughs> okay. yeah Unfor- unfortunately um it, it, yeah like I said before it's, it's gotten to the point where my knee just doesn't doesn't react well to to a lot of of throwing so uh-huh. um, I'm actually the head baseball coach here at Lafayette Jeff now as well and that's that's keeping me busy along with my with my family so it's all good though okay uh, moving to your Padre career you were acquired in 2009 uh, from the White Sox with a few other players uh, for Jake Peavy I'm interested to know, you know, because Jake was in his prime at that time, did that kind of make you really want to join the Padres even more and excited about the opportunity, knowing that they were willing to give up Jake uh, for you and a few other guys? At the moment, I didn't see it that way. Okay. Like in that moment, I had just gotten comfortable with the White Sox and I was excited about my future there because there, there were the rumors like a month before. Mm-hmm. And I think PV scratched the deal because I think he had a no trade. And then it was a, it was a surprise. So I, I'd gotten through that. I'd finally started throwing well in the rotation for the White Sox. So I was excited about my future with Chicago. It was about an hour and a half, two hours from home. And to be honest, in that moment, it wasn't something I wanted to do. <laughs> it was, I was, I was, I had some good teammates. I, I enjoyed the culture there. We were on a winning team all these things that were starting to fall into place and I was excited about. And all I thought about was, Oh man, that's, that's gone. Mm -hmm. But fortunately for me, how good of coaches and uh, the acceptance in the clubhouse in San Diego in 2009 uh, really helped Uh, Nick Hundley, Chase Headley, Will Venable. Those guys were in the clubhouse, Chris Young, um, very accepting and very helpful for that transition. And then you had Bud Black and Darren Balsley that were leading from the, the coaching staff, and they really helped with that transition. Mm-hmm. That kind of that answer wanted me – this isn't a question that I had, but who would, who would you say were like your favorite teammates for the Padres? There were – many very quality human beings that I, I got to share that clubhouse with. And those ones I just mentioned were definitely up there. Chase, Nick, um, CY. I'm going to miss somebody. I'm going to feel terrible. Um, <laughs> I'm going to miss too many, but th- there were a lot there. Will Venable was one of the best. And there's another group of guys that started coming in. The younger guys, Corey Luke, Joe Thatcher was a, a terrific teammate. Luke Gregerson, Chris Norfia. I mean, there's really that, that's what's so special about that clubhouse, and, and really baseball for the most part is you get a lot of good guys to be around. And I was very fortunate through my career. I had very few, maybe just a couple of guys that people didn't want to be around if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so to have so many quality men be on the same team and be able to share the, the clubhouse and the playing field and the dugout with, it made it 
made it a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now you played a key role in that 2010 team. Uh, you know, they're in first place. You guys are in first place for 148 days in the National League West, but you know, went 14 and 17 in that last month plus. Uh, mm-hmm. How surprised were you that that team kind of couldn't finish it? Uh, I don't know if surprise. It was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing so well. The trade deadline came. We made some trades that kind of altered the lineup and kind of shifted how how we operated as a team. And it, it just did not work out towards the end. And I know that Jed and everyone up upstairs was doing their best to, to give us the best chance to win. I mean, those were those were big moves they made at the trade deadline to, to acquire who they did. And it just didn't, it didn't play out like everyone had thought. And it was really disappointing. And then you go into those last three. We went into the last three days of the season going into San Francisco down by three games, I believe. And it was the Friday, Saturday, Sunday to end the season. And we won those first two games. And we had a chance. Yeah. If, if we would have beat San Francisco in that last 162nd game, we would have had a play-in against San Francisco. So we were that close to being there. And then, like everyone knows, San Francisco ran away with the playoffs. And that that's baseball, though. That's how close – I mean, you play for 162 games and it comes down to, to one day, one pitch sometimes. And that's what makes the game so special. Yeah. Uh, if that 2010 team would have made the postseason, do you believe that that team had enough to, you know, make it to the World Series like you saw the Giants do? And that, that's the special thing about playoffs is anybody can. And we saw that with the Giants because we we liked our chances against them and they were the World Series champs. But unfortunately, that's not that's not how you play the game. There's there's winners and losers. And we went home. They did not. They, they went on, won the championship and had all the fun of that, and, and we went home. Yep. Now, that stretch you had from 2010 to 2012 was arguably, you know, your best three-year stretch in your career. Why do you think you had that success during that span, you know, especially in 2012 um, when you led the league and game started? There's, there's a, a lengthy list. I, I would like to think it's because of the work put in and the, the consistent preparation. But then there's also a long list of, of people that helped me accomplish that. So you'd have to go back like to really my development as a child and my work ethic was developed through my parents. And so you have to give them credit for being able to establish that work ethic and being able to prepare for 162 games and, and make 33 starts or whatever it is. That's – Sorry that some kind, sometimes can be tedious and being able to do the monotonous every five days is the difficult part. And then as you get through baseball, you have so many coaches and teammates that help you along the way. And through when you get there, the catcher plays such a, a pivotal role in, in your success or failure. And your pitching coach does so much your bullpen catcher, your bullpen coach, and then your defense and what they're able to do out in the field. So all these factors go into being able to have a successful run, and I was fortunate through that. And another thing I didn't mention was health. And in 2011, I, I had the shoulder surgery, but outside of that, those three years, I was relatively healthy. And that's something that 
a lot of times does not get mentioned, but that's most of the times where careers they keep on ascending or they, they plateau regress. It's, it's being able to stay healthy and consistently do what got you there. And those elite guys, Scherzer, Verlander, Kershaw, the guys that do it at the highest of levels, they've been doing the same thing for so long. They've gotten so darn good at it that they separate themselves and they, they have to have health to do that. Mm -hmm. Now you were talking about how you're the head baseball coach now at that high school. I'm curious to know, if that's kind of just where you want to be, or do you have higher aspirations of coaching college level, big league level? Like what are your aspirations with that? To me, it's, it's how like I've been so fortunate to have the people guide me in my life. And for me, there, there's not a higher opportunity than I have right now because I'm able to hopefully help and impact a group of young student athletes and provide them knowledge and share stories of experience that can help them further, not just as a student athlete, but more so as a person and grow up to be a better man. Yeah. Someone that can lead a family forward and at the end of the day, help our community grow. Um, I've born and raised in Lafayette, Indiana. That's where the high school is at. So what we're, able to do through this program through the baseball program I think it, it it extends past baseball and that's why I'm so drawn to it okay uh during your second stint with the Padres uh AJ Preller was the GM and still is could you give us kind of a sense of his personality behind the scenes um uh, and just how he is as a communicator we because we see him you know in public as someone who's always on his phone, making all these trades, all these signings, but what is he, you know, behind the scenes? So a lot of times the, 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 the players and the front office don't see each other a lot because it makes things kind of awkward because at the end of the day, they they need to do what's best for the organization. And at times that means that those particular players aren't a part of the future. So yeah. we don't get a ton of face-to-face -face with those guys, but that being said, we get enough to, to get a feel of who they are and he's ultra. San Diego further as an organization, he's going to pull that trigger and he's not going to have regrets. And it's, it's cool to see someone like that that's so confident and he's knowledgeable. He knows what he's doing. So it's, it's cool to see that. Could you, uh, your uh, mic kind of cut out when you were talking about his ultra competitiveness. Could you just say what you were talking about there? Okay. Um, I probably forgot what I said already. No, he's, he's ultra competitive. And if he thinks that something is going to help the Padres win, he's going to do it. And he's not afraid of the consequences because he's confident in his ability and his knowledge. And he's, he's got a lot of that. So it's, it, it's fun to watch him work actually. Okay. Um, moving to, you know, his current roster, if you're still paying attention in the team, do you think that they're close, you know, to being able to make it to the world series? Obviously they were like that on paper going into last year, but that didn't work out, but especially with like Bob Melvin as the manager now and additions, 
that you think they're going to make this offseason? Do you think that they'd be that they're close? I hope so. I, I really hope so. And I, I'm I'm terrible at forecasting things like that. But, but if you look at them, you 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 would say yes, and that's what I would do. I, I don't see a reason why not. And I I really hope so. And Melvin has proven over years and years that he is a tremendous leader. I've never heard one bad thing in the baseball world or anyone say anything negatively about the man. So that's that's exciting exciting for the the Padres community, and I I think that'll be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question here. I did want to get your thoughts um, on the whole, you know, CBA negotiations that are going on between the league and the players. Uh, are you picking a side in this? Uh, do you understand where the owners are coming from? Uh, just what are your, what's your perspective on what's going on with the lockout? I'm on the side of baseball happening in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, that's just not healthy. It's, it's, we, we want, and hopefully this is just something that it's, it's a stopgap. It, it gets things moving in the right direction, but no one benefits from there being a lack of baseball and from the top down. Uh, everyone wants to see it. And there's really intelligent people that are making these decisions. So I'd like to put my trust that they're going to make the best decisions for baseball as a whole. And that sometimes gets lost when you're looking at dollar amounts and everything else involved. But I think they're intelligent enough to, to know what the future of the game means, not only to this generation, but the next. And you saw in the past what happened with work, work stoppages and how long that negative impact stays around. You need something extraordinary to take you out of that lull if there's a long work stoppage. And I mean, it's just like any other business. And you, we've seen that, unfortunately, through COVID, it's ruined industries. It, it, it's stopping business, stopping something that is supposed to be moving and growing and adapting. When you just stop it, it, it it's it, it's really hard to come back from. So hopefully, they get it figured out through this off season. Mm-hmm. All right, one more. I guess this isn't my that wasn't my last one. One more. It popped it in my head. Um, now this whole Eric Hosmer situation with the Padres, and it looked like at the trade deadline last year, you know, they traded for Adam Frazier. That kind of looked like a move that was supposed to, you know, lead to a trade of Hosmer. Just it, it just didn't really it just didn't really fit the roster. And obviously the Padres trade him to the Mariners this offseason. I'm curious because uh, we heard, you know, some things about how Tingler lost the clubhouse and all that. Did you have any experiences, uh, you know, on the Padres or just in your playing career in general where there was maybe a player that might have not been traded or something that kind of just made the clubhouse a little awkward? Oh, without a doubt. It it happens all the time. But that's where the majority of this league and the the players within the league, that's why – they make it that far and they're professionals is they're able to separate the nonsense from what needs to get done. And it, typically that stuff's only awkward for a short amount of time, unless the, the, the person involved does not understand how to handle adversity. And because of the elite nature of the sport and the major league baseball, the majority of that population understands how to handle adversity. So typically those, those things don't create as much of a, a riff as 
we get from the media. And that there, there's some instances where someone is pouty for a little bit of an extended time, but they weed themselves out so quickly when they have that mindset that they're not, they're not much of an impact for very long. Right. Okay. All right. This has been episode 79 of the Talking Friars podcast. Ben Fadden and Clayton Richard. Clayton, thanks so much for the time, and we'll catch up down the road. All right, Ben. Anytime. Thank you, buddy.